Hello listeners, the following podcast episode contains discussions on films with potential spoilers and some topics and themes discussed may be alarming and or triggering. If you feel you may be affected, please feel free to skip this episode and check out other ones instead. With that in mind, please enjoy this episode. Greetings and salutations. You've arrived at After Dark with Super Marcy. Join your host, Super Marcy, as she brings you a show that's a little darker, sexier, and edgier with sexploitation cinema, topical discussions, and all things that happen after dark. Listener discretion is advised, as this podcast will feature coarse language and adult themes. Remember, what happens after dark stays after dark. Hello everybody and welcome to After Dark with Super Marcy podcast. I'm your host, Super Marcy, and I'm going to talk normally now. Uh, (laughs) Thank you everybody for tuning in for this episode very uh it's gonna be probably a very sleazy episode but we'll get to that shortly uh i'm joined by a returning guest and one of my good friends he co-hosts indicator cast and imprint cast so welcome back john matthews hello hello uh yes thank you for having me marcy very excited to be here um you know love this podcast so it's an honor to join and uh, yeah, looking forward to a double of sleaze tonight. Oh, thank you very much. And I'm very happy that I somehow convinced you to watch like five and a half hours of uh, films to prep for this <laughs> podcast. No, it's fine. Like I said, there's uh, one of them I, I really do like and quite familiar with. So um, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't a struggle at all, especially the entertainment value of these films. So yeah, it was worth yeah. it. It is a very uh, interesting, um, yeah, double feature. And uh, for me, uh, one I had not seen, one I had seen several times. So very, very interesting. Um, So, yes, for those listening, and if you didn't read the the episode title, we are talking about the controversy of Tinto Brass with Salon Kitty from 1976 and Caligula from 1979 i believe i'm just going to yes. assume that's correct uh, yes <laughs> uh, for those who cool. might not be aware tinto brass is an italian filmmaker who uh probably very well known for uh how sleazy uh his films are yes or some would argue uh, no it's classy you know yeah. classy sleazy yeah, it's classy <laughs> sleaze. Uh, and, yeah, so we'll, we'll discuss Salon Kitty first. And this was this is a film that I had not seen but I'd heard about. Um, so I'll do a quick – I'm just using Letterboxd because it's easier. Uh, I'll read a quick synopsis, who is in the cast, and we'll go from there. So, of course, directed by Tinto Brass, who also edited the movie. And the synopsis from Letterboxd is depraved, decadent, damned. Kitty runs a brothel in Nazi Germany, where the soldiers come to relax. 
Recording devices have been installed in each room by a power-hungry army official who plans to use the information to blackmail Hitler and gain power himself. A girl named Margarita discovers the little ploy and with Kitty's help plans to take on the dangerous task of exposing the conspiracy. The film stars uh, Helmut Berger. I'm saying all these names wrong. I'm just putting that out there because I can't pronounce anything. Uh, Ingrid Thulin, Teresa Ann Savoy, uh, John Steiner, Sarah Sparati, Maria Miki, Rosemary Lind. John Ireland and uh, many others. So, Salon Kitty, this is pretty much um, like a lot of people would put this in the category of Nazi exploitation, and I can see why, but probably mm. one of the better made <laughs> of those kinds of films. Uh, so, clearly, there's a bit of a a trigger warning if you uh, are not into Nazis and World War II and human atrocities and all that kind of thing, be warned and maybe don't watch the movie. Uh, John, I believe you have seen this before. Yes, that is this correct. This is my first time. So initially, what were your thoughts on Salon Kitty? Yeah, um, I'm holding it here. I have a Blue Underground DVD from many years ago. I um, I tracked it down because after seeing Caligula, I was just I was obsessed with Tinto Brass. Like, what else has this guy done? And so yeah, I tracked it down. And first time watching it, I was um it was a while ago. And look, probably over maybe maybe fifteen years ago. Mm. And a little little mixed on it at first. And uh, I've grown to appreciate it a lot over the years. Um, I guess because um I, I didn't yeah I didn't know what to think of it at the time. And I'm, I'm looking back now, and I I originally. Just didn't think it was just meh. Like, I thought of mm. uh, it was it was okay, but upon revisits and, and this last watch, I've I've really begun to appreciate it more because of its um, I guess outrageousness. I forgot how um out there it really is, but um, yeah, I, I originally was a bit mixed, but now I I like it quite a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I actually remember like that release from Blue Underground, and I think <clears throat> I think that sort of really put the film on my radar a bit more because I had heard of it but didn't really know what it was about. I didn't bother looking it up or anything and that kind of caught my attention. But here we are. I only watched it for the first time uh, yesterday as of recording the episode and I was not really sure what to expect. Just that I knew it took place in Nazi Germany uh, and there was a brothel involved. Uh, but I, I actually didn't realize this was based on a mm. book of a real mm. story. So pretty much something similar to this actually happened. Uh, so, yeah, makes these two double features kind of, I guess, historical fiction-ish, you know, I guess an interpretation of what happened. And, yeah, like I've seen some other Tinto Brass films, but... um. I don't think in my lifetime have I seen so much dick in the span of like <laughs> 35 minutes. I was not expecting that. Um. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, there's a lot. It's like Mr. Garrison's book, The Land of Floppy Penises. Yeah. There's... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, yeah, like on South Park, I think it's um, 
whether you have uh, George R. R. Martin and yes. all he does is sings wieners, 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 wieners. That's yes. literally what I was thinking. I'm like, there is so much wiener on display. <laughs> and it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, so is the like subliminal messaging that the Nazis are just dicks? Because <laughs> that's what I took away from it. <laughs> could be, could be. It could be, could and it's very in your face, like literally a lot of close-ups. And yeah. The, yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very uh, graphic. And I think, I think part of the point um, of the of the film is to show a lot of shocking uh, imagery, mm. and maybe uh, I don't know if it's even if it's more shocking now than it was back then. But it's very. Not only is it shocking, it's very sad. And yeah. sad in the way of how it's kind of portrayed as well, because we see sort of like the inside of um, what these Nazi officers are doing. And they've collected all of these women. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, this movie totally loves women, loves everybody. Um, Respect. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they clearly they want to infiltrate uh, brothels using the women as sex workers so they can, you know, get all the inside knowledge on their own people, on their own offices. Um, so not the worst idea in the world because I'm guessing people talk in those locations. Uh, but they, you know, this, this is the Nazis, so they want the perfect, you know, women for the job. So they put them through these tests and it's very oh. graphic. Um, oh, they, they tell the women to take their clothes off, tell the men to take their clothes off, and then we're in, like, these weird observation rooms. Oh, yes. And yeah. this, this I was like, okay, I get you're trying to go for shock value, like, testing them to see what they'll do in the, in the brothel situation. So they have a little person, they have an amputee, but then... Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, like I get what you, where they're trying to go with it. It's for me, I'm like, okay, it's not not that big of a deal. I don't see people like that as being any different. I think what hits hard is when you see the guy, the man in the striped pajamas, who's clearly yeah. a Jewish prisoner in a concentration camp. And that kind of thing, it's just, that to me is so sad and shocking. Just the, the honestly, the treatment of people all over, like this film just kind of, it doesn't hold back into just the disgustingness of of that era in like around Nazi Germany. Really, it's so not easy to talk about, but it, it it it's just the way everything is shown. Like it really doesn't hold back, right? It's... No, no, exactly. And those going into expecting a and the the funny thing was this was kind of marketed in the US and stuff as like a sexy, mm. you know, sexy film but going in and seeing this imagery and stuff would really take you off guard because you mm. you were not just thinking some sleazy sort of mm. cheap and nasty you know mm. um yeah, sort of sexploitation but it has got a lot to say and you're right those those scenes that looking through the cells and the sickly looking jewish man and uh you know the the dwarf and uh, even that big beast type creature yeah the big beastly man beast. yeah it's... which is straight out of like sci-fi or something like yeah. this big, big he looked almost like a caveman neanderthal just chasing after her and like oh. a piece of meat um yeah. it's yeah it's it's really quite shocking and and that's the thing i don't get like this film like I, I think it has definitely got something to say and tinta was trying to express mm. something i think it goes back to uh italian films of this time had it all a lot of them dealt with fascism uh, mm. a lot of films 
And I think because Italy was such a uh, post-World War II was such a fascist uh, regime kind of rose in power, mm. um, a lot of films dealt with it in, in the 70s. And, uh, and I think this film is one of them that um, has a lot to say about fascism and Nazis and, and just, you know, that, that, that power. So, um, yeah, there's... there's in terms of Nazi exploitation, like, you know, there's the high end, you know, like the Night Porter and that mm. is considered like an art house film. Mm. Uh, and then there's the low end, like Gestapo's Last Orgy, which is just trash. Mm. I mean, this this falls somewhere in the middle. But, um, yeah, de- definitely has a lot to say about these people and how horrible they are. And I think yeah. it works. I mean, some would say it's, it is exploitation. It's borderlining with, like mm. I said, all the history. But um he does get his point across yeah yeah i think it's 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 kind of it goes from this very fine line of actually having something to say but almost being preoccupied with a lot of the the more shocking elements which you know this is this is what we're here for to discuss it um so yeah, yeah i mean the film pro- like the film kind of opens where we see kitty at her brothel and it's this very grand um, like there's live performances and she, she, uh, like at the beginning, it's a very, very weirdly lyrical song and mm. she's doing that kind, I think, is it like the, the Victor Victoria, the half lady, half man kind of costume. And already there it's, um, there's this kind of film where it's not, um, how do I even express it? Like. It's not saying what her performance is a bad thing or nothing like that. It's just it's just there. It's this representation of because they have all sorts in in the brothel and um, as the film progresses and we see like the the Nazi soldiers what their plan is and they pretty much use Kitty to run a brothel while not telling her what they're actually doing. So we get to know her kind of as a character we get to know some of the nazi officers and as it mentioned in that description one of the girls uh, margarita who we will later see in caligula um so it's a very yeah it, it tells this story while it has all this imagery and yeah you look at kind of the the 70s and it, it films from italy definitely dealt a lot with the fascism and that was coming out of you know, post-World War II, uh, Mussolini, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. So it does make sense as to they're finding their voices to kind of condemn this stuff. But it, you can. it's also hard to, if you kind of look at this on the surface where you're thinking it's just this sexy, sleazy movie, I think you kind of miss some of what was what was trying to be said. And, like, and as I mentioned, it kind of gets mixed up in more of that visual shock factor as well as just all the genitals on display like it really goes through everything it, it shows you when uh they bring kitty into their setup brothel and getting all the girls ready like it shows you a close-up of let's trim some bush let's put a wig on on her uh front <laughs> it's all yeah. just like this big production of of everything and it's um it, it does it's very bizarre because that is more like this playfulish scene but just previously we've seen some very horrible things and that's kind of how the movie goes in in a weird way mm. if that makes sense like we see and i don't know if uh i don't know if necessarily 
um, it, it was trying to relate something like a BDSM to, uh, you know, you have to be into that kind of stuff to be a Nazi mm. or something. I, I don't know. But um, what's the main, uh, the Wallenberg, his kind of power play with yes. Margarita yep. through the film is is weirdly interesting and he feels like he's got this power over anybody yep. and he wants to basically be in charge like Hitler. He's, yep. and yep. you see that power dynamic change through the film as she works mm. out what's going on. But I, I think I feel like almost what he, I guess what the vision of um, how these people think is they don't give a shit about those supposed core beliefs. All they really wanted was absolute power. Yep. And I feel like that was the embodiment of that character. And that was kind of what he was trying to say. But ultimately he doesn't because uh, the ladies were just a little bit too clever for him. Yep. Yep. And so they should be. <laughs> Definitely. No, she is, uh, she is his weakness. And mm. like you said, that changes to the point where, yeah, we skip ahead. Obviously we'll get to the mm. point where uh, she is his downfall essentially. Um, mm. It reveals too much. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. That the, like the, the, the brothel, the, the kitty, Salem Kitty Brothel, um, yeah, it's a place where I guess all types of perversions and mm. I guess it's a free place to, to be whoever they want. And mm. I think it's interesting because um, obviously Madame Kitty, you know, is mm. played by Ingrid Thulin, who's a, you know, she's like a, you know, a renowned, like worked with Bergman. She's like this, mm. this you know, Swedish art house, like amazing actress, mm. um, you know, and that's what makes this film different. The fact that you've actually got these really incredible actors and actresses in this film, it adds a level of class to it. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, it's quite interesting because she's, she's really there. Like, you know, she's not aware of the spying going on at first, but I guess, you know, once again, how this film treats women, I'm not really sure, but it seems like she's quite a strong character, the Madame Kitty, because mm. she actually looked out for the girls, um, especially a scene later on where, you know, uh, Marguerite, you know, shoots one she covers it up for her like yeah. it, she was there to protect her her girls and um mm. and you know she doesn't even know that obviously it's going on with all the spying so yeah it's, it's quite interesting and uh and i just have to say that the brothel itself um yeah it looks it's pretty pretty amazing in terms of just the set design like it's a really like some of the, the numbers the songs um mm. really well composed and uh especially i love all the dance numbers that happen as well in the uh yeah in the and uh, yeah, I think she does a great job there. But but yeah, it's um it, it is you're right, Marty. It is all about power. I mean, that's one of the key themes of it. And um, I guess once again, relating back to fascism and films around this time that dealt with power, um, particularly. I mean, yeah, you know, for example, Salo wasn't was only a few years before this, and that mm. that dealt very much with a similar theme and mm. people seeing the fascism angle. Um, yeah. Films like The Conformist and, and various films that dealt with um, just just showing how you know, ruthless these people were and, and mm. did not care to get anything and to get obviously um, in order to get their power, especially with The Conformist, where um, he has to kill someone which he he doesn't want to. So mm. yeah, there's a lot a lot of interesting themes going around in it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I think the whole broth itself and and some of the 
some of the lurid acts that go on and we do see these in the various rooms it's mm. it is a sight to behold but yeah it's um it's, it's definitely got a lot going on i'll say that there's uh yeah it, half hour runtime yeah yeah and uh yeah so the i think it's the director's cut goes well over two hours and i think the original cut was well under that um and they definitely changed everything but when you see it in this format like you understand kind of what it was going for and yet women are not treated very well in the film and i think that is very purposeful for this power display that we're seeing. But ultimately, you know, that character's downfall comes from two women because he done fucked up. Uh, And, yeah, I think what what I always find quite fascinating with Tinto Brass films is the way everything is shot and framed, it's always very interesting. And here it's so grandiose, like it's so pristine and... Yeah. every like all the designs and the the costumes when there are costumes oh, it's beautiful. really really well done and an interesting bit of trivia that i've seen on the film is ken adam began working on this film right after uh, working on barry linden and mm. he apparently said that he found working uh with stanley kubrick very suffocating and he was very obsessive and attention to detail but coming on to this he was uh very happy and just seemed like a completely different um (laughs) environment weirdly enough for a very (laughs) it is a quite a disturbing film in the end so I i found that fascinating but i guess if you you look at um how everything is like it just it is very everything looks very pristine um, yeah. So you're going to see all that dick, all the bush, all the boobs, all the uh, slaughtering a pig. Um, oh. Very, very full on. <laughs> yeah, and just come, comes out of nowhere, some mm. of that. Yeah. To break. Yeah. yeah. It is, It is. like, I think the pacing is, like, a little bit off with it. And it does kind of, I think it does muddle up a lot of things within itself. Like, I think there is a really great film in there. I just don't think it was quite quite achieved fully but i think you know if i do end up watching it again i think i'll probably even pick up more little things but it is a weirdly fascinating film it's just it it kind of is hard to i guess talk a bit not talk about it but i guess summarize it and yeah um, yeah because like i said there's so much going on yeah there is a lot going on in this film I, I think I think you're right. Maybe a tighter cut would definitely make it. Mm. Um, like I said, I, I see a great film in it, um, but unfortunately, just sometimes it tends to drag. And um, and like I said, Tinto, he, his directing style is quite interesting. Like it's it's very much fly on the wall at times, with mm. the camera panning, like oh, and, and you're just shaking a little, and then the zoom in shots. And mm. um, how he directs is very free flowing. It's mm. it's it's very hard to explain. But anyway, like I said, with with the you know the guy that worked in Barry Lyndon, you can tell that this is a, a you know, really classy production. It's got that beautiful sort of glowing lighting throughout it, which which was present in Barry Lyndon. So it obviously did come across. So like I said, it's a great looking film visually. It's mm. it's stunning, and that's the thing about Brass. Even his um you know some of his other uh, you know cheeky films and whatnot that they're, they're all good. Like he's he has got a nice detail. And I think you know before. Doing uh, Ceylon Kitty, he was obviously he did um you know avant garde uh, sorry avant garde type yeah yeah sorry 
Avant Bond. <laughs> sorry, type art house. Yeah. Type films. And he also did a Western, funny enough. Mm. Like a really spaghetti Western. So he has got an eye for detail. But yeah, I think with, with a bit of tighter editing and pacing, I think that's a problem with some of Tinto's films is mm. um, maybe he gets final. I'm not too sure if he gets final cut. Um, mm. oh, he obviously, he did on Caligula, but mm. they tend to just drag a little bit. But um, yeah, I think all the elements are there in terms of... Because um, like I said, I've seen some... Nazi exploitations and they look they look awful. They just visually yeah. look cheap. But uh, this looks lavish and yeah. um and yeah, actually it looks good and and um and as I said, but the women themselves, like yeah, they're not treated particularly well. But I think yeah, maybe it is a point um to, to express how they are treated by these these Nazis and, and fascists and um yeah. you know, with power. Mm-hmm. Um because like I said, Tinto in most of his films, like ones I've seen, the women I say treated quite well, but they are put on a like they are the stars of the like of his films, the majority of his films, and they are quite empowering. Some Tinto Brass films, but yeah, um, yeah, not sure about this one, but yeah, I think that's it, it, on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I think I feel like it is on purpose, and we do have a lot of focus on like Margarita and Kitty at times, and yes. in the end, they like both these characters were, were pretty much they're like we are not going to be victims of this shit, um, yeah. and and Kitty's almost like. She doesn't want to be involved in any of this stuff, but she's kind of forced to take action because she was essentially used and, you know, Margarita falls in love with one of the customers and because he expresses to her and there's the listening devices that he was going to defect, like, uh, yeah, he gets killed. And, you know, that, that was like the last straw for her. She was all in on being part of the, the Nazi party, basically, and all of this happens and she's questioning everything. And as she soon understands, oh, I always forget the freaking character's name. <laughs> um, Wallenberg basically well, just says, like, I don't give a shit about this. I just want power. And, yeah, yeah that's pretty much, you know, that tells you everything you need to know. Like, they really didn't. Did they really give a shit? No. They no, wanted no, and power, think, and having power is invading countries, having control over people, putting people to yeah. death, all this stuff. So yeah, I, th- yeah. I think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, there is a lot of interesting things to take from this and that it says, but I don't think it quite conveys it as well as it really could have. No, um, no, and there's that great scene, yeah, where, um, you know, the guy, she just, one of the customers, yeah, reveals, oh, you know, he's, oh, what do you say? Like, we hung him like a pig or he was yeah. just saying, like, he was just a piece of shit, you know, mm. he's dead. And when she pulls out the gun and, like I said, just shoots him in the shower. Such a great scene. Yeah. And uh, he runs in and, and cleans up the mess and says, oh, he shot himself. But, uh, yeah, I think it's that moment where she realizes this is bullshit, you know, mm. the whole yeah, whole, whole Nazi thing's just fucked. And, and you're right, like I said, it's, it's well, it's, it's like, you know, it's still, um, you know, there is a lot messaging in there about that and and funny enough i still see it relevant today with what's happening around the world absolutely there's you know there there's um just to touch on you know relevant uh in the u.s at the moment we see sort of like this medical exam whatever it's meant to be and they show uh a body of you know uh, this is a person they think is an inferior to the white aryan race and then they wheel out a a very looks like she was ready to give birth, you know, Aryan woman, and apparently she was trying to give herself like a a nine month abortion, 
and you see like this fetus in her. It's very graphic. It does not look all that realistic. My mind, I'm thinking, so this is what all these like anti-abortionists think happens at abortion clinics because that's not it, mate. Not at all. And I feel like that that scene was there for outrageous shock value. Like you're seeing something absolutely ridiculous, but this is still a prime specimen. Like it, it's, it, 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 it really, it just shows you like uh, what the hypocrisy of it all, um, just the ridiculous, the ridiculousness of it all. But at the same time, I'm thinking, so this is probably what people think getting an abortion is. No, it's not. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coming out of a horror film that's going to be yeah on a mm. on a rusty old table. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like no, I don't think someone's gonna. You don't walk into a clinic to just go go. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to give birth, but I don't want to. Let's just murder it. Like that's not how it works. Nah, um, no, nah. I remember in the film. Uh, who did the girl sorry did the girl want to keep it i'm trying to remember and he mm. wanted to get no she, sorry she, he wanted to keep it did, i'm trying to remember i'm on a mental blank i remember she's gonna have the abortion and one of them he's like oh either he, she wants to get rid of it or he wants to get rid of it. i can't remember the kid uh what, yeah because yeah. then we yeah because later on um well not later on well yeah kind of it was later on where they actually force one of the girls to get they forced the abortion on her because she said she was they just showing. That's um, right. Yeah. And she wanted That's to right. keep it, and they're like, well, no, it's not <laughs> happening, and they just sent her off. I'm like, okay, then. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, and again, that's probably what people think um, going into an abortion <laughs> clinic is like. If you if you yeah. want to keep it, no, they're going to, like, forcibly just take it out of you. No, it's not how that works. Hold you down this rusty, bloody table and, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. it out. But again, it just it showed that they didn't give a shit about anything. No anyone. life. Yeah. No, nothing at all. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of yeah. It's um yeah. Someone yeah, Kitty yeah. is not an easy film to watch. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, going back earlier, look, you know the, those experiment rooms. Like you know, it's I know it is shocking, but yeah, I mean Nazis did experiments so as you know mm. documented in history. So it's not too far from the truth. No. Even though it seems yeah no it's it's i think it's it's very much sort of like based in uh what really happened and if you uh find any historical accounts you read stories like (laughs) things were a lot worse than this and yeah yeah, i i think the the nazi exploitation kind of weird subgenre a lot of the films don't really have anything to say other than just no. to be shocking for shockings for shocking sake, but um, something like uh, Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS. That's that's the title of the first one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that kind of actually has something to say. That's a fairly good film, and the atrocities there, the atrocities you see in that, it's very graphic. It's very disturbing, and yep. that shit probably very much happened. Um, so I'd say, yeah. yeah, if you want to see Nazi exploitation for some reason, uh, I would say, yeah, that one, this one, are probably more in the lines of actually having something to say, being fairly decent. Yeah. Well, not just being absolutely just, uh, what's the one you mentioned, the la- the Gestapo's orgy or something? Oh, Gestapo's last orgy, yeah. which is just like it's, trash. Like, it really is. <laughs> 
It really yeah, is. It's like, it, it's pure exploitation. Um, the, the other one, like I said, is uh, Night Port is quite highly regarded. Night Port is interesting. Night Port is about a relationship between mm. um, ex-Nazi um, post-war and his uh, prisoner um, mm. who was uh, in one of the camps. And that's a really dark film. And uh, it, it is put on a pedestal for being a, you know, a sort of classy art house film. Mm. This is very similar. I mean, this is about a relationship between two characters. But once again, I, I think... I don't want to say more. It, it has. It feels like it has a bit more heart. Ceylon Kitty. I, I, as weird as that sounds, but it, it's a bit more joyful. <laughs> After seeing the night, night port is just really bleak, really mm. depressing. Um, but but Ceylon Kitty has a bit of. Uh, I don't say, it, but you know, it, it is entertaining at times. Ceylon Kitty. It has it is musical an, numbers. numbers. Yeah. Um, it's quite a. It's quite a entertaining film. But night port is just you really for some bleak, depressing yeah. cinema. Yeah. Uh, check. Ceylon Kitty is is definitely somewhere in the middle. Like I said, it mm. definitely works really well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, what would you rate this one out of five? Yeah, that's a tough one. I was thinking uh, about that today. Um, yeah, I, I I fit somewhere in the middle with this. I'm, I'm going to go three, um, just because I think it, like I said, it has great moments and merits, but I think it's a little bit muddled and jumbled in its messaging and what it wants to be and like i said there is an issue a little bit of issue with the pacing but um i, I like it so I'd, I'd say three borderline three and a half for me um yeah i'm somewhere in the middle with this film yeah i think i'm i'd give it three i've seen way too many penises in this movie out of five <laughs> definitely yeah it's somewhere in the middle but uh yeah an interesting film to discuss uh that's for sure yes uh, we'll move yep. along to the second of this very bizarre double feature. Main course. Oh. <laughs> Just about. Um, there's so much to, to, be, to say about this film. So, yes, Caligula from 1979, directed by Tinto Brass. The screenplay was written by Gore Vidal, and I think it's very unfortunate for everybody that uh, one of the producers was Bob Guccione. Um, more about that shortly. Uh, the plot synopsis from Letterboxd. What would you have done if you had been given absolute power of life and death over everybody else in the world? The perversion behind Imperial Rome, the epic story of Rome's mad emperor, all the details of his cruel, bizarre reign are revealed right here. His unholy sexual passion for his sister, his marriage to Rome's most infamous prostitute, his fiendishly inventive means of disposing of those who would oppose him and more. Starring Malcolm McDowell, Teresa Ann Savoy, uh it's got john i can never say his name john gilgood um yeah i can't pronounce it i apologize um we also have peter o'toole guido minari uh we have john carlo badesi um there's a lot of people in this cast uh helen mirren yeah, I'm going to be here all day trying to read the cast, so I'll stop there. There's a lot. It's an but, epic. It's an epic. Yeah. Um, and this is this is one of the, probably one of the most infamous films because 
so much behind the scenes making this film. So many disagreements with everybody. Like Gore Vidal had this this script and the way he kind of saw the character of Caligula was not how Tinto Brass saw the character. And then you have Bob Guccione just wanting to put pornography in there. Um, Lolita is the weirdest mainstream. It's become one of the weirdest mainstream pornos with a plot line. Um, especially if you watch that, the, the longer version with all the added Bob Guccione stuff. Um, it's, it is porn with the story about Caligula. And uh, the thing that just, I really just want to see like a, a proper edit of this film because there are definitely scenes that are not in the right order. Um, this is this very grandiose story of, you know, whether it's true or not, whichever, it just interprets like what could have happened. And it definitely, when you watch it, it's fighting between whether he was just born like that or whether it, all this knowing he would get all this power was all consuming. It's um, it's a very fascinating mess in a way. But yes, I know you are a big fan of Caligula and I don't know why I am also. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, I would love to hear your thoughts about Caligula. Caligula. Yeah, I've, I've been fascinated for this film many years. Um, when I first saw it, I um, I knew of its notoriety, but it was technically banned in Australia, uncut. Mm. Like we we uncut Australia. We have a weird thing with our rating board where they have a problem with uh, sex and violence being mixed. Mm. This film does indeed do that. So uh, I think once again, fifteen, maybe or oh, maybe longer than that. I I was very naughty. I went to Amazon and ordered the blue uncut DVD uh. from the US, <laughs> and I, I got it past customs somehow. Slipped past customs, and yes. um, I remember putting it on, uh, and it was a penthouse DVD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the old penthouse. Um, and yeah, I was I, I fell in love with it immediately. I, I don't know what it was about. I think I'd never seen things so. Um, I, oh, at the time, you know, I don't think I've seen things so it just just shocking and sleazy and filthy and and just mm. uh, it really took me back. But I, I think it's you know, I've always loved the film, and I think it is a mess because of all the different edits and mm. and and scenes that were slotted in by Guccione. But I think it, it's a wonderful mess this film, and I think that the entertainment value. That's the thing I always say is the biggest sin for a movie is to be boring, and mm. I think. Caligula is not boring. It's, <laughs> no matter it's absolutely happens. not. No matter which version you watch almost. No. Um, There's always, whether it's uh, McDowell giving his over, uh, great performance, but at times can't mm, performance. Mm. Uh, you, know, it, you know, whether it's the, the, the graphic sex scenes or the graphic violence or um, ridiculous going on. So, yeah, it's, it's something that's always fascinated me. And just the history, like you said, there's been so many you know, different um, accounts and what happened. And, and obviously Gore Vidal, like you said, was did write the screenplay, but he designed it. Um, it would be interesting to, to see what he... Because originally his his version was planning... So it was going to be more homosexuality in mm. the screenplay. Mm. So actually meant to be... But obviously Guccione, Penthouse, he's like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. No, so. yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Um, literally anybody else should have uh, 
finance this movie. Um, I mean, look, there still probably would have been problems because I don't think, God, I'm forgetting everyone's names now. Um, I don't think Tinto Brass and uh, Gore Vidal saw eye to eye on the, the foundation of the character. And this is from just trying to, you know, just research as much yeah, as much as possible. And I apologize for my terrible speaking on this episode. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find out because um, uh, Vidal didn't think that absolute power corrupts absolutely or the other way around. Yes. Um, yeah. I can't remember. I can't, I'm trying to find it, but I'm not finding it. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I think it was Vidal didn't, and that's where it clashed. Yeah. Uh, but, and uh, and like I said, it would have been interesting to see Vidal's uh, mm. version. You know, being such a prolific author, um, mm. you know, it's, and I think originally it was called Gore Vidal's Caligula. That was the original mm. name mm. production. But yeah, there was that clash in themes between them. Mm. Between... Yeah, it's a very it's a very fascinating um, uh, like sort of behind the scenes. Um, what was happened and yeah as you said like the original script had a lot of um homosexuality in there there was only one heterosexual scene which was caligula and his sister uh and he was like no that's not happening and um it wasn't far off because roman history i mean it was yeah, yeah homosexuality was a yeah, part of it no no nobody gave a shit back then um, no. <laughs> about any of this shit honestly no. people fucked whatever they wanted to yeah. um and i think um i think actually guccione saw salon kitty and yep. wanted yep. tinto brass to direct it and they are actually very similar um the way like that sort of grand presentation it's very similar it's v- shot very similar um yep the, the amount of clothing for both films is very optional. I'm trying to work out were there more like G-string thongs in this or Salon Kitty. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of that. Um, Malcolm McDowell's yeah. barely clothed through the whole film. Yeah, um, it's it's kind sheep. of surreal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, got a sheep on him, mm. barely hanging on. Yeah. Uh, but be right, they're very similar in terms of style and. Um, very stage-like theatrical. Very, very, yes. Like, you yeah. could see it as a stage play kind of yeah. thing because that's how it's very set up. And I think that's very purposefully because in both films he's trying, he's, you know, telling this story of something very grandiose and these over-the-top fucked-up characters. Um, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, like, it, I would really like to see... Like, yeah, I know there's probably uh, several versions of this already, but kind of like have a comparison between what Tinto Brass's vision was and in a way what could have been more for Gore Vidal's vision as well. Because it's very interesting how differently they actually saw that central character. Um, And it's just, it's so fascinating with all these performances like there's some fantastic actors in there um <laughs> and i think um teresa and savoy like once again almost steals the whole film from <laughs> from everybody else because she's just so good she's so good in salon kitty but i think yeah. she's even better here um yeah. as drusilla like she's she's the one person i guess that caligula 
listens to in any way. And for her to kind of have that, you know, almost that power over him, um, very fascinating. Like, it's just, yeah, the the characterizations and everything, it's just like, what is going on? (laughs) I know. You're right. No, he does listen to it because he thinks he is obviously a a god. He sees himself as a god. Yeah, he does. Yeah control over everyone uh, he can do whatever he wants and that's very much shown uh whether it's mashed potatoes or or whatever you you, you see everything uh yes. but yeah yes you do and uh but you're right just the cast like my god like how do they get this cast and once again they from what i read they originally went in expecting this was a gore vidal type classy mm-hmm. art house film that's that's what i was reading and so they they got you know peter o'toole on board and Apparently, Peter O'Toole was a little bit high off his head. When he I was don't doing blame this. him. I probably would have been too, to be fair. Yes. <laughs> um, but even though, like, just gives a great performance as Tiberius, you know, mm. just a real crepid, um, you know, mm. uh, sort of insane character driven, to, you know, going off. And, you know, you're just, you know, like I said, John Gilgood, like Sir John Gilgood, like, I yes. mean, this is a knighted Shakespearean actor mm. who's in. So yeah, just just the cast is incredible, and don't get me wrong, I, th- I think everyone gives great performances, and uh, yeah, it's like it's just it's it's just not unfortunately, but like I said, it's just unfortunately we're having we've got this chopped up mess. Mm. That, you know, if we saw Tinto's original cut with how we originally planned, it would have been something more like yeah, you know, like Salem Kitty, but obviously more more mm. on a bigger scale. So yeah, it's just um, yeah, it's a bit of shame. Yeah, I mean, I would have it would be interesting to to see that Gore Vidal vision also yes, um, because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, I guess the mytho- the mythos behind Caligula, it, it just sounds, you know, it's a very intriguing kind of history. So it makes sense. Like, yeah, let's make this uh very ambitious film, but it, it, it's just so derailed by whatever Bob Guccione was thinking. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't need to see close up penetration of anything in in a movie for really no reason at all. Um, lots, of, lots of close-up blowjob shots as There's well. a lot. There's a lot. It's, I mean, we have, there's a lot of, like, sex orgy scenes because, you know, it's ancient yeah. Rome, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, that's expected. But yeah, it's the... just, it's way too much. And it's like, I really, if I want to see that, I'll just, I'll watch a porno. I don't want to watch a two-and-a-half-hour, like, historical epic for that. Um, well, that's the thing you can tell. Which is obviously tind- uh, Brass's yeah. tind- shot and what's Guccione yeah. because uh, even that end scene where they're on that ship and they're walking around, you can tell the sort of soft core stuff, and then boom, straight into you know blowjobs and fingers mm. going everywhere and mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but you're right, it's 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 just unnecessary. Like um, it it didn't need it at all. It, it would have worked even as a soft core. It would have worked mm. very well. That's what makes it so infamous and outrageous. Yeah, it's just the hard it is. It's that weird hardcore stuff that really, it just feels so unnecessary. It really didn't need to be there. And it's so, it's such an experience watching that whole film because I remember when they, I think they released um, on VHS just the the normal cut. Yes. Um, yeah. And my mum rented it for me when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14 or something. And even then I was like, this movie is weird and outrageous. And I remember just watching it because it, I know originally it was not meant to start with Caligula and Drusilla frolicking around um, in their sheets. But no. yeah, you see this and it's like, oh, okay. 
um, the, the Caligula's just, you know, hanging out with, with a pretty lady. And then it's like, oh, that's his sister. I don't feel very uh, comfortable right now. And just gets worse from there. Um, yes. But then, yeah, having seen subsequent cuts of it, um, it's just, why did they do that to this movie? I don't need the blowjobs and the fingering and blah, blah, blah. Um, no. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's hard enough watching... Um, you know, Malcolm McDowell as Caligula being like, well, I'm just going to invade um, this couple's wedding night and I'm going to sexually assault the bride and I'm going to sexually assault the groom with a fist. No, that's bad enough. You don't quite see it graphically, but you see enough of it and it's not nice. Yes. And having yeah, but... that kind of, you know sexual violence mixed in with porn uh, yeah not really that great no that way Ugh. a bit of a bit of a you know she a virgin you know and then a bit mm. of a the old fisting um yes. well thankfully you didn't uh, it, <laughs> thankfully didn't see it go in thankfully the fist uh, yes. that, that would do a whole but it wouldn't shock me because this film just goes places like yes. you even see like um like urination, like real urination, pissing mm. on a corpse. Like mm. what? Like, really, yeah, nothing. Nothing is held back. Like you see a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit in this movie. Um, yeah. Oh, and oh. again, is it like? Is that the point? Is it meant to be fucked up because ancient Rome was fucked up? Yeah. Um. I, and that's <laughs> I, the thing. I, I don't I, know. I, I don't, and that's the thing too, and, and it makes me wonder. Did and then you're always scratching your head, going, "Did Tinto did this, or was this Guccione? Mm. Like who, who, who's? Because it like said that maybe Brass is trying to say something, but did he direct those scenes? Like it, it's really hard to tell. Mm. But you're right. Is it trying to say that Rome was just a debauchery, just yeah, you know, fuck that place? Um, yeah, because there's just and uh, and like I said, there is also like I said, not only um, you know the, the, the porn scenes, but there is also male on male scenes as well, which is. Mm. Quite surprising um for, for a mainstream film um mm. so it you know just kind of comes out left field um but uh yes which which is yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's got everything this film so yeah you, you see know. you see as much um female the everything as you see male everything male um, well it's like okay <laughs> much like uh Ceylon kitty yeah yeah you you see what everyone had for lunch that day basically yeah <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, even yeah, so it, it's unbelievable and that that final that epic orgy scene. Oh my, that's uh, that's, oh. that's a that's an epic. <laughs> everything and you see everything. It's like, mm, yeah. do I really want to sit and be watching this though? It's yeah, like, I normally want to see the cum shot and uh, they yeah, it's <laughs> enjoy um, that. yeah, like especially if you <laughs> if you're like, oh hey, mom and dad, let's watch Caligula. Yeah, probably won't want to be yeah. doing that. Um, no, no, it's just historical yeah. uh, epic. It's just historical epic. There's a reason why I watched this by myself when I was 13 or 14, let me tell you. <laughs> We're not watching so. that with my parents. Like, no way. They might be very sneaky. Yeah, but it's... historical film, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's such a bizarre, just outrageous film. <sighs> and you're never going to see something like this again. No, no, something costing, you know, what, 23 million US back then for inflation. I, I don't think we'll ever see a studio or anyone do a film like this again. Like, no. no one would even. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that... it'd be so fascinating, like, grab that 
<laughs> go Vidal script just because I want to see that. Um, yeah. Be kind of fascinating. Uh, I've said that so many times already, but I'm like, no, I want that. No, it is because, like I said, he's just such an amazing author, prolific author, and really like visionary, you know, ahead of his time. Um, mm. I, I wonder. Oh wait, actually. So I was just having a quick look. It, mm. it looks like it does exist. The script, it's out there. So oh, okay, I have to go read of that. Mm, <laughs> kind of want to read it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just something very different, and yeah. But um, I think actually, what I do. I don't know if you, yeah, like I think I mentioned before, like I don't know if the film actually conveys like absolute power corrupts, blah, blah, blah. Um, I I feel like you kind of get, you know, the characterization of Caligula is kind of like these two different things of like why he was like that. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of things like there's the egotistical side, like because he was kind of, you know, he's in this position where he can grab power. Like that's pretty much what happened um, yeah. back back then. Yeah. And he just pretty much made a mockery of everything. You know, did, didn't have any respect for the Senate or nothing. Um, no, no. And, and a lot of that stuff I think people had known about or rumours. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an expert on the real Caligula at all. Um <laughs> Well, you're right. It is a it is a stuff of myth and legend. A lot mm. of Caligula. Like, there's only so much documented. I was. Mm. Uh, I remember in history, like, um, uh, just going back to high school. I remember that mm. teacher didn't really like someone brought up, and they didn't really want to cover it because it's not too historically accurate. There's not. Mm. There's there is stuff, but it's not. It is the stuff of legend. A lot of Caligula. Mm. Yeah, yeah so. so it's it's really hard to interpretation. Um, yeah, so anything you say, like, you don't know if that's going to be true or not, but I think sort of as, yeah, sort of like a, a, a fictional, historical, um, you know, if, if you just look at sort of the, the character, not so much all the weird yeah. added crap, like, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting kind of portrait of uh, a character who really is consumed by their own ego of power. And everything yep. that he does is him trying to um, show everybody, hey, I'm the one in charge. Because you definitely feel like this is somebody who feels like he has to compensate for something. Um, yes. He's very much overdoing it. And I think you kind of see a little bit of that with the uh, the main sort of um, Nazi character in there as well. Um mm. It feels like he he's he just he wants power just to be powerful and and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of ego. You can feel that ego in there, and it's definitely he's definitely compensating, trying to compensate for something. And I feel like Caligula is very much similar in that way. So the the films actually they're really similar in um, the weirdest of ways. So yes. actually watching them together is kind of a very weird. You're not going to want to look at vaginas, penises, or boobs for a while after that because it's just so much. But yeah, when you kind of look, you know, beneath all of that stuff, you do find some very interesting, um, yeah. like characterizations, and especially with how, you know, that Caligula relationship with um, Drusilla, but then his relationship with. Um, can't remember Helen Mirren's character's name. Yeah. It is Sessona. Sessona, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
and and again like the relationship with with uh the character of marco tiberius claudius yes so so many like even if they don't have a lot of scenes you understand what's happening with the characters and yeah yeah it's almost like it doesn't matter who you are if caligula thinks you're a problem he will dispose of you um yeah and i think yeah yeah, rid of him yeah no i think from his upbringing too because the the tiberius character um i think you're right he he wants that power because he's just been put down by tiberius and other others for so long and uh especially a scene where he makes him dance like dance but dance do little dances like he's uh and so to to compensate i guess for you know all those years of being looked upon like that by by the elders he um yeah he, he takes the reign to power and um I think yeah, just maybe the product of his environment that he grew up in as well. Um, mm. So yeah, and the madness obviously ensues. But but yeah, um, yeah, he's, it, it's interesting. Like I said, that watching him back to back, they both deal with power, both films, mm. and it's literally as if they just walked off the set because of the crossover with the same actors and actresses. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, there is it is a very similar, interesting double to watch him back to back because they um, has got something to say. Like I said, and once again, it's just like Salon Kitty, just a bit muddled. In what it's trying to say but yeah. if you look deep there's um uh tinto is i'm guessing yeah tinto is definitely trying to say something because tinto rewrote the script so he's obviously trying to say a lot about power so it is there definitely is yeah and yeah i think they're, they're both very similar in the way that you kind of really have to yeah they're, they're so muddled as films but i think caligula is more muddled and that wasn't tinto's doing that was guccione's doing um yeah. You know, if he was able to actually edit the film properly, we might, have, we might have got somewhere. But I think the original intent was, yeah, there is definitely something to be said and you kind of have to really look for it in the film because it's just not, it's not, um, it doesn't flow the way it's supposed to flow. But yeah, there, there it, it definitely has a lot to say with the, specifically male characters with wanting that absolute power and... But again, like the the female characters like Drusilla and Sassona, they are very prominent. Even though Sassona doesn't come in till later in the film, once she is there, like she, along with Drusilla, there's this understanding of who he is. Like they understand who this person is and yep. almost how they can use that to their own advantage as well. Um, so it does have a lot of complex things going on, um, and interesting characterizations and really trying to get down into, um, kind of what makes this person act this way, but it just, it's so lost in the, the editing and the reshuffling of things and just adding unnecessary, uh, unnecessary pornography, but it is just this weirdly fascinating, um, insane mess of a film that's mm. um yeah it's just it's it's become a very infamous one yeah yeah no i think you're right there they the the triangle between them the love triangle it's 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 very interesting and uh yeah it shows a lot about the power dynamics between the three of them and um mm. Sona, she she wants something out of it too she, she i mean she like she does i guess she she understands him as well and um and yeah, she, she, obviously, um, and I think Drusilla is much like him, and I guess mm. that's why they are sort of connected. So it's interesting that that sort of um, that dynamic. But you're right, yeah, it's just unfortunately just just muddled in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and just just with like you know, 
once again, there's some some really amazing scenes, and uh, you know, even the scene with um, uh, you know, uh, Caligula and Sasona obviously having their sort of romantic, interesting sex scene in mm. the uh, when he first picks her out, and then it just choppily edits to like mm. heads being cut with that lawnmower thing. It's like what what's yeah. going on? Just, yeah. <laughs> And you know, there, there's bits of um, just greatness mixed in <laughs> such a bizarre film. Like that, there are moments of just really, really good dialogue that's delivered so well, and then you'll get something else that just like you're so engaged in like you know this dialogue and the performance. And there's something will happen, and you're like, oh well, I'm lost now. That's just. I didn't need yeah. this or that or this scene just doesn't flow on from this scene and abrupt cuts like really yeah. abrupt during yeah. like uh, really like tender moments or like emotional scenes uh, you know particularly when you know Drusilla um, yeah you know where he's out in the rain um, you know holding her and mm. it, then just abrupt cuts yeah what the, what the hell just happened so it, it's really mm. the editing is so choppy um, yeah you just have a random fucked up scene chucked in and then it goes back to it so it's yeah it's, mm. it's i guess that's what gives it its its charm yeah and <laughs> so. it always feels like they just used the wrong kind of um <laughs> you know footage from a scene because it might be yeah. out of focus and it's like that's not like it's a, a worst take yeah it'll, it'll be the the worst take that just somehow made it in the film and you you know in comparison to salon kitty you don't have that like Every every frame in that film it looked like it was, you know, very pristine, very precise with putting things where they are. Even if it's not doesn't necessarily flow as well as it should, it, it doesn't feel like some someone just put together a bunch of crap and thought it was a movie. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, <laughs> it also like the once again going back to visuals because Salem Kitty is a beautiful film to look at, but Kali. Mm. Uh, sets and costumes it's really lavish like it's mm. a really once again it's, it's a very stage like but um it's mm. it's a really beautiful looking film and um and, and so yeah like i said these amazing sets and designs and um it, it just gets wasted because of the you know the content yeah. and choppiness of it all obviously. yeah it is it's like you know the, the costumes might mostly be see-through <laughs> or barely there yeah. but you know, you see just how much went into it to look that well. There's the sets and, um, you know, you, you everything kind of having that ancient Roman feel and it's kind of almost ruined by just not taking the proper care and Guccione just, I, I don't fucking know. Uh, I think that guy well, wants- needs like fifty thousand punches in the face, but uh... I think so. Yeah, no, because he said he he was making the I'm gonna he's like making the Citizen Kane. Was, that's what that's how big he thought this film was gonna mm. be. Like Citizen Kane. Fucking... Yeah, it's um it's the Citizen Kane of uh, making yeah. a historical epic a porno. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> whatever. I don't know why a lot of these things are in this movie, but they are. Um, but yeah, I, th- I do think it is very weirdly fascinating. You will not see another film like Caligula without a doubt. And, um, yeah, like one of the things I do really love about the film is the, like the poster art is so good. It's so iconic. There, oh, there yeah. were so many great things like that to do with this film. Um, yeah. Even the, the opening, uh, with the coin, obviously that iconic mm. coin. As you know, I I'll tell a story. I was at a a, a festival mm. at a like sort of a collectibles fair, mm. and someone had a mint condition Australian daybill poster of Caligula 
and he wanted five dollars so i'm like yoink <laughs> so that, that will be going up on the wall eventually i'll put it up soon um but i was gonna say the um yeah just just the opening with the coin and obviously the blood coming out of the eye like mm. it, it's really beautiful uh piece of art but um the, the score as well i was gonna say the soundtrack's great like mm. the score itself the um really catchy and but there's so much to love about it that's the thing in, in mm. regards little elements like that yeah yeah like yeah the opening with just with the coin and stuff and that music like it's yeah. so perfect um Very it is epic. you kind of wish like so much of it lived up to that in, yeah. in a way but it, it doesn't or it does it in the wrong way i don't quite know oh, <laughs> it's, um it's yeah it's the it's the weirdest mess of a movie it really is it really yeah, is too a, many yeah, yeah, too many cooks for sure, and uh, I need to steal that uh, poster because I want it. Yes, yes, it's, it's safely. <laughs> Make sure I don't well, use it because I'm going to steal it. Well, uh, th there is going to be another fair coming up soon, so I'll be on the look. Yes, any regular or yeah. maybe Sailor City ones. Ooh, we'll yes, see. well, that's the thing. Like, um, both of the films have very striking um, art for it. Like you look at the different posters and and um, artwork for Salon Kitty, it's so striking. Um, yeah. It's it gets your attention a hundred percent, and so does so does Caligula uh, as well. It's very it's very iconic and um, yeah. a really bizarre, funny story. And I don't know like how this ever happened. So um, for those who who know me, know that. Uh, Bede, who I co-host with at the Super Network, is my best buddy. And I think it was maybe the first or second time we hung out together in person. Um, I was showing him, like, all the DVD spots. And literally every store we walked into, I'd be standing, accidentally, standing in front of Caligula. So Caligula just became this weird inside joke. And I think I told him or... I don't know. I said he had to watch it, and I don't think he's quite recovered. So <laughs> the don't... energy field Caligula is everywhere you go. Yeah, I don't think Bede quite loves Caligula in the the way we kind of weirdly oh. do. <laughs> it's... No, you need you need to embrace it. Yeah, just... it, it's a film you just need to embrace and deal with it. There, yeah, yeah. You would have had to have once again. Like I think. I think there's a certain love for people who saw it younger, oh, not younger, but mm. earlier in life compared to those seeing it now for the first time. I think it'll be a different mind frame. I think maybe seeing, like I said, myself seeing it as a teenager, um, you know, probably had that different influence impact on me. Um, mm. So I don't know. It just depends when you when you saw it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, um yeah, there's so much um, just interesting, um, just little bits of, yeah, what happened in the film and everything. Um, like, apparently Malcolm McDowell wrote the, the nervous breakdown scene. Um, like, all sorts of weird stuff and how Maria Schneider was orig originally meant to play Drusilla and things mm. happened there. Um, you know, Gore Vidal didn't want credit for the film. And yeah, oh, and, uh, and Awesome Wells was meant to be Tiberius originally. Yeah, it's, it's weird, like... Oh. And oh, the name Proculus with what happens to him, like <laughs> really, you're that obvious. Um, you know, he was he was meant to Caligula was meant to basically rape him with his penis, but yeah. McDowell yeah. apparently didn't want to do it. So Tinto Brass said, "What about fisting? How's that better? That's worse." 
a little bit more classy. You know? Oh God, it's it's a, it's a shocking scene, and it's you know, yeah, something about Caligula is like something like I said, a little bit campy. Like he may, mm. I don't know. I got this vibe. He may go sort of both ways. I'm not sure. Like he's it's just with mm. his 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 character. I don't know. Like I said, and I've seen other Caligula exploitation films that kind of go into that a bit more. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like. Very classy, some fisting. So there you mm, go. Classy, f- weird fisting. Yes. Um, you know, it, there's just so much. Like you know, D- Vidal, like I said, didn't agree with what with how Brass saw the film, and you know, Malcolm McDowell having input, and Brass was pissed off because Guccione didn't want him to edit it, and blah blah blah. It's just, it's one of these bizarre things, and I think this movie took like four years to make. Um, yeah. It was the most expensive, more independent uh, productions at the time. Like, it's. Th- this was meant to be like this big historical epic that turned Probably. into the weirdest. Like I said, the weirdest pornography of all time. Yeah. He thought he uh, got, like, uh, Guccione thought he had, like, it. Like I said, Citizen Kane, he thought he had, like, the mm. next. Yeah, got wind on his hands or something. Mm. But, um,. But no, critics, audiences were not kind to it at all as well. I, th- I think it has grown in appreciation over the years, but mm. uh, this trash, this was panned when it came out. Mm. This was hated. But um, but I, I can see why. I mean, this is not for mainstream audiences, but it was marketed towards mainstream. Mm. That's what kind of fascinates yeah. me about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to. You, it, this is not for everybody. It's for weirdos like me and you who who watch anything and everything exactly. and enjoy these weird things for what they are. Um. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And said so, that you know back, yeah. You know, so back in the day when this came out, they were targeting our our parents as the audience. Yeah, like, yeah. We were the ones going, "Let's go watch it." Let's yeah, watch yeah. It's it's historical epic. Um, mm. uh, but no, like I said, there's. Yeah, there's there's some great, yeah, you know, just just so many great scenes in it. Like, um, like, like I said earlier, that that decapitation lawnmower thing. Like, what is that thing? That that didn't exist back I, then. I like, don't that, know. It is bizarre. Stuff like that, it's and just uh, so random and weird, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like this big lawnmower thing. I, I don't think they had that technology back then. Uh, mm, I don't think so. so. But there we go. <laughs> no, and. Uh, yeah, like like the wedding, uh, you know, the orgy, the mm. uh, cake as well, or bread, whatever oh, that is. The, the weird penis and vagina cake <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. I actually, I totally get it because back then they were obsessed with genitals. Like, yes. apparently you would see, like, dicks on everything. So that makes perfect sense, but it's a really just bizarre, funny visual that's just right there. It is, it, yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, that's the thing about this movie. Like, so you can just pick out a random scene because, mm. like, it's so out of order, so out of context, and and just mm. just look any scene, and you just it, there's not like like I said, there's not a dull moment in this film. That's that's the beauty of it. So <laughs> it's really not, even if it's a scene you don't really want to be watching, aka fisting, non-consensual fisting. Yeah, it's um, it, it's not boring because you're seeing something just shocking and you're just like oh really you're going there movie okay <laughs> it's yeah. uh it's it's such a bizarre one um yeah. i think Adele, like they asked him about it i think he said something i'm just quoting something along the lines like he has no problem with sex in films but he said he has a problem with filth yeah <laughs> so, thumbs it up it's very it's 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 a very filthy movie it really is um <laughs> 
Yeah. What is your rating out of five for Caligula? Oh, yeah, look, I, I, like, so I, yeah, I, it's tough because it's, but like I said, I, I enjoy watching it. It's, I don't know mm. if I'm just perverted, but I, I enjoy, I, like, I actually have fun with this film. So mm. uh, I'll, I'll rate it quite highly. I'm, I'm going to give it a four. I honestly think it's it's up there for me because um, every revisit, it's always fun. It, it's, um, you know, it, it's a messy, messy trash masterpiece. And just, just like a... It, it just it becomes its own work of art in some sort of way. Um, so uh, it gets a high rating from me. But like I said, everyone is different. But uh, mm. I, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I'm probably giving it the same as Salon Kitty with three um, the penis cakes out of five. Um, and I think that is the sort of the Guccione full pornography cut. I would probably say three, three and a half, um, without the penetration and blowjobs and stuff. Um, yeah. cause it just, it just really slows the movie down and that's not a movie you should be slowing down. Um, uh, and this, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think you messed me like the, the full on lesbian scenes out of nowhere. Like where, where yeah. did this come from? It's like, why is this in here? And why is it going for three hours? <laughs> Oh gosh, it's it's just it's just how it is in Caligula. It is. <laughs> I love it, uh, and I hope one day. Look, look, and just a bit on on the mm. Caligula.org has covered quite a bit on the restoration attempts. They've been trying for years to restore it, but there's been roadblocks. Um, mm. They can't find the elements. Um, so, but there there are people actively searching for the original cut, and they, they're trying to restore it. But yeah. um, there's who knows, and and, and Brast doesn't really want to talk about it so it's mm. it's a tough situation yeah i mean it was probably just a, you know it's probably a really full-on experience for everybody involved um yeah. but yeah no wants- yeah no one no. no one wants to touch it at this point oh. no. No, unfortunately not. so and i think there's a there was a well, i was reading there's still a legal issue it's tied up with penthouse so mm. yeah a number of things so like i said one day hopefully we'll, we will get the someone finds it and just releases it online or yeah. something. So, yeah, we'll it'd be really good to see, um, to see that. So hopefully, yeah, things can be found and sorted out. But uh, yeah, um, thank you so much for joining me to talk about these two very controversial and bizarre um, historical, uh, f- whatever you want to call it, fictionalized historical uh, movies of uh, Tinto Brass. Uh, it was mm-hmm. very intriguing. Um very you know there's probably a lot more we could say about both films but we only have so many hours in the day <laughs> yeah um, there's, uh, yeah. there's just so much film but i think we covered the the best bits of them so. yeah yeah i think i think i said everything that i really wanted to say about them i think <laughs> but yes uh hopefully you will join uh, me back on this podcast in the near future with another um double feature but this time it'll be of your choosing so we won't reveal anything now but we have that planned for maybe sometime later this year so people can watch out for that as well and uh, if you have any interesting comments on either of these movies definitely let us know and uh john where can people check out the podcast that you host I guess uh, so. I'm involved with both Indicator Cast and Imprint Cast, uh, which are both dedicated to labels. 
Uh, they're available on all sort of streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, so just look up Indicator Cast or Imprint Cast. You'll find me and the, the usual gang just talking about all things physical media related. So you can find us out there. Yeah. And I think if you look up Indicator Cast or Imprint Cast, you can find other uh, Facebook pages and stuff for that as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. We also are involved with the group. So feel free to come on our Facebook groups for um, Indicator fan page and the imprint fan page it's a good community uh, marcy i know you're part of it a lot of people yes. showing their collections talking it's it's fun yeah good. definitely um some really yeah both really good labels that are doing some really cool things like um yeah and maybe i was on both of them uh, a few weeks ago you can check that out too <laughs> um yes. yeah <laughs> it was uh, a lot of fun to join you for that and uh yes all things after dark just look up after dark with super marcy podcast on your podcast player and uh, if you want to see all the links the easiest place to go is linktree which is linktr.ee slash after dark network and uh yeah i'm available on uh twitter at my personal account which is super marcy or you can find the After Dark Twitter if you f- want to follow me there as well. And I'm on letterbox.super underscore Marcy. And I do have a list that keeps track of all the films that have been covered so far for this podcast. So all very exciting and fun things. So, yes, thank you once again for joining me uh, for this. Hopefully uh, the next time we do a podcast, we don't have like 20 billion hours of research. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Maybe they'll have less dick to be determined. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very keen to be back. um, And yes, picking some films. So very excited to be covering uh, because it's kind of my favorite genre is the erotic side of cinema. So yes. Yes. The the erotic and strange uh, cinema. Always, Always good fun. Always good value. Well, at least it's good value. Maybe it's not necessarily fun, but... Uh, <laughs> Great value. Yes, it's good value. Uh, yes, once again, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, what happens after dark stays after dark, especially if you're Caligula. Bye-bye. See ya.